0: Welcome to A Story of Us, our humanity, history, and department. This podcast is produced entirely by the graduate students at The Ohio State University's Department of Anthropology and in collaboration with the American Anthropological Association. I am Mackie O'Hara, and I'm reprising my role as host for a special bonus episode with one of my colleagues, Dr. Lucas Delazine. Dr. Delazine is here in our department to give a talk about his work with the teeth of a new hominid species, Homo naledi. And he's agreed to talk to us on the podcast for a bit, a little bit before the talk. So welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. We're really happy to have you. Let's start with one of my favorite questions. What kind of anthropologist are you and how did you become an anthropologist?
1: Sure, so I I wear many anthropological hats, if you will. So I am a paleoanthropologist, which means that I focus my research on understanding human origins so the distant past. And I'm also a dental anthropologist, which means that I mostly focus on how our teeth have evolved and what our teeth tell us about our story as a species. And how I became an anthropologist? I entered college thinking I was going to be a a veterinarian because I grew up on a farm and I loved farm animals, but I, I had a class in anthropology early in my undergraduate career with a really engaging professor, and I fell in love with the discipline, and I thought that my background in biology kind of gave me a heads up over some of the other anthropology students. And so I just followed it to its intellectual end, and here I am today.
0: (laughs) Seems like a really common story in anthropology. Everybody starts somewhere else and ends up in anthropology.
1: Throughout college, I was a double major in biology and anthropology. And when I graduated, I still wasn't sure which route I wanted to take for postgraduate education. And I went on an anthropological field school, not related to biology at all, but doing archaeological work in New Mexico. And I found that camping outside and and excavating really appealed to me more than sitting in a lab or being in a more laboratory-based environment. And so after I went on that field school, I I was all in and wanted more of the experience.
0: So, do you still do a lot of field work?
1: As much as I can. Um, so, I've been fortunate to do field work in Ethiopia, in South Africa, in Spain. I've done more archaeology work in the United States, and I've done paleontology work in the Petrified Forest in Arizona. So, as often as I can, uh, I, I like to get out and do the field work.
0: What brought you into the paleoanthropological side, the fossil side of? Thanks.
1: Well, I, I like to think of my research, as it, I think all of us do as scientists, as being hypothesis-based. And so if you want to ask questions about the past, you need large samples. And if you're going to study those with fossils, that means mostly looking at teeth. So it wasn't that I have some, uh, you know, innate love of teeth. But I just wanted adequate samples to test hypotheses, and there are lots of good models that have been developed about dental evolution, looking at living primates and living humans, that I can then use the fossils to to test directly.
0: I think we mentioned in our last series, teeth are one of the hardest substances in the human body and they preserve really nicely, so we have teeth from different species all around the world. and Actually, this leads us into your work pretty nicely with the teeth of Homo naledi, so you want to give us an overview of what Homo naledi is and how you got involved and what the teeth are doing?
1: Sure. So Homo naledi is a relatively recently named species of human relative. The fossils uh, were first discovered in 2013 in a a cave in South Africa called Rising Star. And based upon the fossils were pulled from this cave, we named a new species in 2015. So barely more than a year ago, we erected a new species name. And basically, the logic behind this is that the anatomy of these fossils don't match anything else that we know from the fossil record. My previous experience was working on another extinct species known as Australopithecus afarensis, which is characterized by the Lucy skeleton that maybe some of the people listening to this podcast know. And so I knew uh, a fair amount about hominin dental anatomy. When these fossils were discovered, by Lee Berger in South Africa, he tried to approach their analysis different than traditional uh, anthropologists done. So what he did, instead of working with a team of people that he knew um, carefully and had worked with before, he put out a call on social media for people to apply to work with the material, Uh, basically like applying for a job. Yeah,
0: I remember seeing that.
1: Right. So it was well publicized on Facebook and Twitter and things. So like a lot of people, I took a leap and I you know, applied to work on these fossils, knowing nothing about them. I knew they were there. I'd never seen pictures of them. I just knew there were lots of fossils that had been pulled from this cave. And so it was kind of a you know blind interview. And I was selected, along with a few other people, to start working on the teeth based on my previous experience with other extinct hominins. So I started working with the teeth in 2014, in June and July of 2014, with a small team of... Uh, what we call the tooth team. And based on our initial findings, we contributed data that led to the naming of this new species. And since then, we've expanded our dental research now to include, you know, a dozen or more people that are spread throughout the globe, including our host, Mackie, and Debbie Gautali-Steinberg from here at Ohio State. So we've been able to broaden our research to include more than just anatomical descriptions, to looking at how teeth grow, to looking at maybe stress and things like that. So we're really kind of expanding our research to begin to tell the story of this new species from a dental perspective.
0: Do you want to talk about how you're envisioning the team and how we're moving forward? Sure.
1: So I, I think another bit of context might be useful here, and that is that this material is currently undated, meaning we don't have a geological date for it. We know what it looks like. We know it's anatomy, but we don't know how old it is. So if you can imagine a family tree of, of human relatives, extinct species, we don't know where this twig fits on to the family tree. We don't have all of the details yet. So what we really are left with is telling the story of this from the fossils themselves. So what I'm thinking about with the teeth is uh, having a team of people, you know, that know all of the fossil anatomy from around the world, so from Neanderthals to Asian fossils of Homo erectus to the African fossils that go in Australopithecus or Paranthropus, we need people who understand how teeth grow and what that can tell us about life history or how these the species goes through the pace it goes through life or what that can inform about uh, the species level status of this sample we need people who can reconstruct diets. So we have people working on uh, various aspects that can inform the diet of the species. So we can place it within an ecological context. So that way, once we have the date for the assemblage, we can again attach this twig to the rest of the family tree and start to say, is Homo lady what you would expect for a species of this age, or is it bizarre? And we know, from other places around the globe and other recent discoveries that the human family tree is really diverse and there are some odd species out there that you know are unexpected that you wouldn't have hypothesized that exist until someone actually found them. Definitely. So that's how I envision it, it's just a, a broad, you know, approach to studying the teeth.
0: What does it look like so far?
1: Well, so the species is named Homo naledi, and based on that name, we think it belongs with a group of species that includes our own species, Homo sapiens. So it's part of this group, a genus, Homo. And the dental anatomy confirms that it does not have the traits that we see in early hominins like Australopithecus, it doesn't have these Australopithecus traits, it doesn't have the weird traits you see in our big megadont uh, cousins, Paranthropus. It certainly does not have the teeth of a modern human, though, that's for sure. So it's not a modern human. And one of the hypotheses that not our team but others have put forward is that this is a, an already known species, something called Homo erectus. Based upon the dental anatomy, it does not look like Homo erectus. So what I would say is that the dental evidence so far tell us that it is, in fact, uh, what we said it is, a new species, Homo naledi, It does bear anatomical similarities to other species in genus Homo, but it has a totally distinct package of traits not seen in any other species. And so we're not just looking at lumps and bumps in the kind of traditional sense of presence or absence of cusps. We have your data on, on how the teeth are growing, which can inform, you know, does it grow, the teeth do the teeth grow in a similar way to other species we know, or is there a distinct pattern of growth? We have people looking at what we would call the functional morphology of the teeth. Are the teeth tall and sharp and crusty, or are they low and rounded and blunt? And so we can do this now with a lot of digital data that we've derived from CT scans. So we have people working uh, with this to do this kind of analysis that show, again, that the teeth don't plot with other known species of hominins. So again and again, whatever, wherever we look, we're getting the same signal, and that is that this is a unique package of dental traits.
0: What's the plan moving forward after there's a date? What's the next step?
1: So we have, again, you know, now more than a dozen people working together as a group on the teeth from, again, putting all these different approaches together. So what we would like to do is put all of these projects together and publish them close in time to one another so that once the dates are published, we can then start to fill in the missing gaps with the dental evidence and really tell the narrative, if you will, of Homo Naledi from a dental perspective. So that's the plan going forward is that we've yet to really publish... Uh, any information on the teeth other than just initial descriptions, so we'd like to put together a package of papers, publish them together, you know, again from these different uh, avenues of research, and then start to get the conversation started. And the way I see it, if you look at the history of anthropological research, you know, species like Homo erectus have been known for more than 100 years, yet we're still talking about these species. So the way I see it is we're going to start a conversation that may go on, you know, a century or more. And the way I envision it is we'll get the story started, you know, we'll publish our work, and then we'll wait to see how the community receives what we have to say about it. Um, they may agree with us, they, they may not. And we would like to take advantage of new developments in technology or uh, like CT scanning. So it's becoming a much more commonly employed tool for looking at teeth. So we would like to be able to give away models of our teeth. So 3D models, we can give them away freely to other researchers so that they can look at them independently and come to their own conclusions. So no longer will you just have to rely on my word or the pictures I've taken of the teeth. You can have the digital models, you can have the CT data perhaps down the road so that you can independently verify what we've had to say about the teeth. So that's one other aspect of this research, is eventually we want to start to disseminate not just our findings, but the actual raw data itself.
0: I think that's a great plan. I think that will really broaden the horizons of what's possible right. in paleoanthropology. Absolutely. Um, uh, for some of our listeners who may not know, fossils have to stay in their home countries. So if you want to look at them, if you want to research the fossils and you want to you know, hold them in your hand, you have to go to that country
1: I think there's there's no substitute for looking at the real thing yeah, um, because the features are much clearer. But the digital data are much easier to disseminate, you know, so you can, it facilitates collaboration. So I can collaborate with people on another continent, you know, if we're sharing the same digital data. So it, it makes it much easier for collaborative purposes, for sure.
0: So in your own line of research... What are you doing specifically with the homo lady fossils or any other kind of projects you're working on?
1: Right, so with homo lady specifically, since we're really in early stages of research, again, the species was only named a year ago. My primary research focus right now has been taxonomic, that is using the teeth as a taxonomic tool that is figuring out what species it is. So I have undergraduate honor students working on looking at shape analyses, like how do the shape of homeowner lady teeth compare to the shape of other species that we know. My own research outside of, of homeowner lady that is not taxonomically focused, I have projects going on looking at uh, evolutionary developmental models of how teeth evolve. So that is taking data from how we know teeth grow um, in model organisms and applying them to understanding how teeth have changed on an evolutionary scale. So I have uh, projects ongoing with that. I'm involved in something called dental microwear research where we look at how teeth are affected by chewing and how as you chew, you're slowly wearing down your teeth because there are little particles that abrade your teeth as you chew or as you use your tooth for other functions uh, as well. And so we can use these to reconstruct certain aspects of diet in the past. So I have projects ongoing that look at how the front teeth, the incisors and the canines were used by our distant ancestors. Uh, what else? I have projects going on looking at how the mandible has evolved, so the lower jaw, how humans have evolved a chin, testing models of chin evolution. Uh, so lots of different projects going on right now.
0: Sounds very busy.
1: Yeah, uh, it's, it's a hectic time, <laughs> but good.
0: <laughs> but good, that's productive. Yes. You talked a little bit about fieldwork at the beginning of our talk, and I was wondering, as we kind of wind down our podcast episode, if you would give some advice for people who are deciding... Whether they wanna be anthropologists or what kind of anthropologist to be, what would you say to aspiring anthropologists? Well,
1: I would say early in your career, take some chances because you don't have to settle into a routine whenever you're a first semester graduate student or a late you know, career undergraduate. Go to the field if you can, even if that means going to a field school. If you have the financial means to do so, go to the field school. Uh, there are lots of field schools run throughout Africa in related to human origins, or there are field projects you can get on in, in North America that may not be related directly to anthropology, but you can go look for fossils um, in older deposits here in, in North America. Get your hands dirty. That said, you don't have to be a field anthropologist. There are lots of ways to be an anthropologist these days in, in biological anthropology. You can do a lot of, as we said, analyses with digital data. So learn how to use digital data as a tool for understanding the past. So take some shots early in your career and find where you fit, and then follow your passion. That's that's what I would say.
0: It's great advice.
1: It's idealistic, but that's what I would suggest.
0: That's what advice is. Yes, it's idealistic. <laughs> so. Thank you. You're Thanks welcome. for talking with us. Thanks for having me. We are looking forward to your talk later this afternoon and looking forward to all of the research that comes out with Home on a Lady and all of your other projects. Thanks. We'll put a link to Dr. Delazine's lab page on our website when this episode comes out. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you like the show, please like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at a story of us osu. Check out our website, anthropology.osu.edu. Subscribe to the podcast and leave a review of the podcast. It really helps people find us. We hope you tune in next time on A Story of Us, our humanity, history, and department.